Political education, it is a very important topic. How can we effectively educate people on matters of politics? What are the problems? What do we need to look at when doing that? My name is Emma Schentürk and in this episode I'm going to talk about these very important questions. So, let's get right into it. In every political system, but especially with the emergence or re-emergence of democratic state systems, the topic of yeah, political education and political activism actually popped up or is, um, is increasingly um, one of the aspects that kind of uh, accompany our political life and also societal life. People in their private time engage with politics, uh, they study political phenomena, they discuss it. Some take more formal routes and uh, try to educate themselves in courses or um, uh, universities, academia. At school, we get, in most um, systems, in most countries, we get the basic idea of how the system of the country works and yeah, what are the basic elements of politics in that country, basically. So there is a lot of contact and there is yeah, a heightened inter interest in yeah, knowing political uh, processes, um, principles and also values and, and con on the content level uh, learning about these things um, is very prominent. Obviously uh, this podcast is trying to add to it by providing another source of um, political education actually and this is yeah why i think it is important to to reflect on that a little bit and think um, what it actually means well there are two different schools that deal with this topic of uh, political education or two broader streams of thinking the first obviously is in favor of political education saying that civil society needs to engage with methods that are um, important to the public and need to have a say in it or at least be informed and um, yeah i mean in the most basic sense if you are living in a democratic system um, you are able to cast the vote after a certain age and under certain conditions and in order to do that effectively you obviously need to be informed. If you are not informed enough about what is going on in the country and how the political system works, you're not able to make a sound decision, sound voting decision. And here, this stream of thought argues that we have flawed policymaking and flawed democratic systems because people are not educated enough about certain things that are going on in their country. And I totally agree with that because uh, this is also something that I pointed out in my book. Uh, it's called Devlet and uh, as, as always the links are down below. So if you want to order it, um, it is globally available, uh, available also in other bookstores. So I highly recommend it because the voting system and the aspect of political education there is very prominently explained and an integral part basically of how um, politics is done and 
in this stream of thought that people need to engage with political content, there are different kind of ways to approach it. Political parties, for example, um, are very keen on educating yeah, their party members and, and uh, try to also attract new party members and educate them. I think this is one of the most dangerous ways to educate people on, on uh, politics and I don't think that this is education at all or education in a negative sense, uh, I would say, because parties inherently look from their organizational perspective onto politics. And because of that, they obviously tend to explain politics in, in certain rigid terms that they found to be right, which cannot actually factually and objectively be right um, yeah, in all policy situations. So there's no blueprint to it, but parties claim that they have it and apply it in each and every situation, educating people in that way. And obviously this podcast is kind of a counterweight to that because it is purely technocratic and does not uh, consider those, those fictional uh, ideas of left and right and everything in between it. Um, this makes parties, political parties, extremely dangerous in political education and technically seen they should not be allowed to do that or even be existent. Another very important point in my book. Uh, and I, if you want to read more about that, I would highly recommend you to, um, um, to order the book, but also uh, check out acida.com because I have a couple of very interesting articles about the divide of left and right. And actually there was also um, the other day an episode on this topic. But political parties, as I said, they are not very good educators. The school, in that sense, is also not often a very um, effective educator in political terms. So if you learn politics at school, you also have to think about the uh, everyday dynamics of, uh, of school systems. And this is the case in each and every school system that we have on this planet. Teacher comes to class in the morning, you know, might have a bad day, might not be at some point that attached to the topic of political education or political topics um, altogether, or might even have a certain preference and tries to kind of project that onto the children. What I want to say is because of the mass of teachers that we have in each and every political system, the contingency that these are kind of the, the control of the integrity of those teachers is very important, uh, is very difficult and therefore very important. Because you cannot account or be 100% sure that they are going to um, objectively and yeah, in a very uh, comprehensive and engaging manner going to explain politi political systems to, to children there you already lose some kind of uh, momentum and, and performance in educating people on, on politics, which I think is, is very important since um, at that age you will need to have an understanding of why certain things are, are done in those specific ways. For example, why do we vote? Um, there is this, this huge misconception that yeah, voting is some some sort of yeah some sort of ob obligation that you just do just 
so you have done your uh, your obligation but is not a thoughtful process that needs yeah updating and continuous learning throughout the whole period until you are able to cast your next vote it is more like uh, yeah we'll figure it out like two months before the election or even one month or even one day before the election read a couple of things make up our minds and um, yeah make the voting decision when we are um, with our voting paper in front of the box and um, yeah basically uh, throw it in and this is not the case and often political um, discourse is centered around this campaigning in democratic systems where I think this is just a huge manipulation um, scam, if you will, because political parties spend a lot of money during the campaigning phase of elections and basically are not very interested in educating and again people throughout the whole period of, of their um, yeah, uh, presidency or if it's, it's a prime minister that um, the prime minister's office uh, want to educate people throughout the whole uh, term and it's just yeah being present and prominent during the time of election very flawed um, situation and this is something that actually also comes uh, from from the school system you know where this is often treated and i'm taking um, a european countries as well as turkey for um, an example where i could have um, yeah where where i observed that this is the way politics is approached. So there we already have like two flawed, um, flawed aspects of uh, political education. The next step would be university education. And um, ob obviously this is um, yeah, a voluntary approach. Nobody is obliged to enroll for a university. But once you do, Political education at universities becomes more effective than anywhere else, comparatively. The reason for that is that this is the only place where politics is truly or closest to being treated as a scientific field or something that is not so much exposed to opinions as yeah we, we practically do in everyday life. If you think about discourse and, and dialogues um, that you had with your friends and family, most often you, um, you would hear, I think, I believe, and this and that. I mean, it's very opinionated and people usually in political discussions, and this is extremely interesting actually, is that they do not want to truly discuss certain things and exchange ideas and develop their ideas over this um, this verbal exchange. But they rather want to prove their point and um, kind of dominate the other person with yeah, basically saying that they are right and um, explaining to them why they are right. It is not, not approached in a technocratic and not in a technical way in the sense that we look at certain metrics and say okay well, well we can apply these and these tools in order to craft this and the solution or idea and here uh, dialogue becomes in such a situation um, very fruitful and this is the case uh, at the yeah at university level 
or often, I don't want to uh, generalize it, but here we actually start to learn yeah, how, um, how we apply different concepts such as um, liberalism, uh, realism, what about uh, Marxism, what about capitalism, all those isms, basically, you learn there and uh, learn to apply them, you learn to detach yourself from um, the emotional aspect that might uh, invoke, you know, that those, those terms might invoke uh, on, um, yeah, in everyday life for the layman. And we use it in political science terms as very useful concepts to make sense of certain phenomena and developments. So that was very abstract. I can give you an example. So for example, there's a war and in this war, there are many different, uh, this is not a classical war of country A and country B fighting against each other in the field, but let's suppose we have a war where seven parties are um, kind of involved. There are no clear allies. You know, there are many different fractions. Um, they're fighting over a certain territory, but then again, it's it's not very uh, territory oriented, but ideology based because they have all different um, views and cultural cores and so on and so forth. So it's so it's a mess, and um, it it kind of sounds like um, the the war in Syria, and people have problems making sense of um, of that without the necessary tools, but at university level we have the tools such as saying, well, there is a power political element in there um, where geopolitical and energy considerations basically play a role. And these concepts inform the actions of actors A, B and C towards actors E and F, for example. And by doing that and dismantling and exposing those different kind of connections, and dynamics one-on-one, -on -one, uh, one by one, and then putting them together, the puzzle becomes clear and then we have an analytical ground to say, well, this is the situation and based on that situation and based on the different objectives that those involved actors have, we can craft this and that policy solution. It's a very straightforward way without judging, without actually going into the discussion of who's right and who's wrong. And because that is the case, this makes university level learning of politics very, very interesting. Sad thing about it is that this is solely confined to university level and not, not in every country this is uh, done in, an, yeah, in, in a good way. And here we have a big problem because, and then we come to the second stream um, of thought in terms of, of uh, political education. And that is that flawed political education can lead to much damage in the political system because people are manipulated and they're not well uh, enough equipped to kind of deal with all those aspects that I just uh, mentioned. And because of that, they're overwhelmed. They're making wrong uh, voting decisions. They are not very interested in or they have a wrong idea about how the country needs to develop and then certainly such a society moves into decline once that happens it's a goodbye situation so 
basically to wrap this second streams uh, or to summarize this this view is if you cannot cent you know, centralize and control political education and be very specific and clear about it it's growing rampant and once that happens um, you cannot control the societal decline that comes with it because each from each and every side on uh, and on each er uh, and every level where you have political education different inputs reach different people without being ever so effective that all those different inputs could actually as a result in those people work for an efficient outcome in the end meaning those with better access to or with more interest in in political um yeah uh, topics and and concepts they have a big advantage and they have better access to to certain tools and um yeah to certain analytical fields than others however those who are educated on an emotional level they have the opportunity to kind of mobilize their opinion on an emotional argument while being technically so incorrect that this is going to harm the country so we have uh, many populist movements that actually make use of political education in that sense they claim to be educating people on politics but in the end they're just uh, throwing in some populist statements and for, for example this is the best statement ever taxes mean that the government is robbing us the government robs us through taxes it is this is yeah, clear-cut populism because here you're implying that you're implying so many things without saying anything about that there's no empirical evidence there is no analytical framework there's nothing that will substantiate this claim on any logical and cognitively uh, sustainable level but people would like that statement and follow follow the statement because it's some kind of appeals to their um, emotions and they think the logical consequence of that statement is that the person who says it is going to lower the taxes and this is the only thing that people care about and if they are not politically um, educated well enough to understand that at certain periods higher taxes and at certain period lower taxes and the distribution of taxes, the form of taxes, the nature of taxes, um, and, and all kind of other taxation schemes of foreigners and uh, businesses, and so on and so forth, how they interplay. If they don't know about it, this statement sounds very sweet. It's an easy way out. And therefore, people are likely to follow um, this view and people who say statements like that. And this is... A valid point and also a valid disadvantage so what does that mean we have the stream that says we need political education and um, it is good that it is decentralized because then you are not yeah kind of putting boundaries to all those ways that people might think in the discourses and on different levels but on the other side um, the opposition says it needs to be centralized, it needs to be controlled, and um, we might keep people better out of the process of uh, political education than miseducating them. Both are valid, both have, have um, yeah, very clear advantages and disadvantages. 
and um, I tend to, to support the first. I think it is better to leave room for yeah flawed opinion-based uh, uh, policy thinking, which I, as a technocrat, I'm a, I'm a pure technocrat, um, personally do not like that very much. But I acknowledge that it is better that people have some kind of flawed idea or not com or incomplete ideas about the world of politics and um, kind of yeah think also in different directions which is still an organic uh, process than to yeah shut everything down and suppress all the good voices and all the innovations that might arise from from um, all the discourses and the educational processes. So even though personally I would say, yeah, well, how can you can you allow for such inefficiencies to happen? Um, they are necessary in the end. However, we need to be aware that political education is important, and states need to be, um, yeah, more ambitious in educating their societies in a fair way. And this is very, very important because I have observed that many countries actually try to push um, their society into one direction. Um, and then the regime changes and it's the other direction. Systematically, the yeah almost sick uh, yeah, obsession with promoting democratic systems is another perversion that actually in technocratic terms is very unwarranted. And all these things are very important to consider when uh, building up systems of political education. And in that context, I do believe that politicians and political yeah, professionals within those political systems themselves need better education. What we today lack at university level is the detachment from certain concepts. We are still very emotionally attached to um, those strong words of, of freedom. When we hear freedom, it sounds so sweet. It invokes the emotion of um, we are going to tear everyone apart who is not going to give us our freedom, which is the exact opposite of, of freedom um, in essence. And in academics, it is kind of the case that all those terms of democracy and freedom, um, everything sounds so so sweet and so um, romantic that there too we have some sort of bias and cannot approach things in an objective and yeah kind of um, neutral uh, state of mind. So this is the first thing and I think professionals need to detach themselves a lot from concepts and from ideas and ideologies. This is very important. What they do need to, uh, the only yeah, emotional tie that politicians should have is towards uh, the nation, uh, which is obviously inherently tied to the society. So they, they should be a strong emotional commitment to the nation and to the society, to the good of society, but not to concepts. 
and not to ideologies because they might not work in every context and politicians need to know that. And once that is the case, once the, the elites have reached that, that point, um, they can implement yeah, sensible and meaningful systems of how we can neutrally and, and fairly educate um, people. It can also be the other way around, a bottom-up approach, but this is, as I said, far more difficult because you have all those little actors within those yeah, education processes that kind of spray their own opinion into it in, in everyday uh, life situations, which um, yeah, kind of leaves a mark and this actually develops into a certain view. So it is important that we at some point craft meaningful frameworks where the integrity of those who kind of transmit the information is also checked. Um, it needs to be centered around um, yeah, the emotionless transfer of technical knowledge because, and this is something that I will always defend, politics has nothing to do with opinions. Politics has nothing to do with ideologies. Ideas, yes, ideas in the sense of hey, let's make it this uh, and that way. Maybe this administra uh, administrative system works better than that. That's fine. Maybe this tax policy is better than that at this point. These are all ideas. These are all, all ways of thinking in certain situations. But having an opinion on uh, policymaking and saying high taxes are always bad, low taxes are always bad, is not going to work. And... It's not even not going to work, but it is not working. This is not how politics um, should be done. And therefore, we need more political education as a wrap-up, you know, we, summarizing it. We need more political education. We need more comprehensive political education. Um, we need to implement more levels of political education. We also have to um, take into account that yeah we need to detach our personalities and then our um, emotional ties um, to to certain um, yeah, to certain situations and and views in that case and we need to institutionalize this neutrality and um, yeah um, objectivity towards political matters so a very a very interesting topic, uh, I have to say, um, and I would like to reflect on that a little bit because this podcast is actually one of those yeah, added levels of political education. And I really hope that this fairness that I'm talking about here right now, that I can also offer to you. I hope that when you listen to this podcast that you do not have the feeling that I want to push you into a certain direction. I want to be, I don't want to have a direction actually. I want to be technocratic. I want to look at the things as they are and find the most efficient and effective solution to them. I hope that I'm able to do that um, and this is certainly what I stand for. I want this, this um content to be informative and empowering in the sense that you get all the tools and all the 
yeah, all the tools that you need in your toolkit in order to um, analyze and, and deal with political topics. So I really hope I can do that. I really hope that I can provide you with all these, uh, these things. And if not, and if there's anything to improve, please let me know. Because I think it is something new that I'm trying to do here with, um, with, this, with this podcast and this magazine um, all together. I want to be fair. I want to be technocratic. I want to move away from, yeah, basically thinking in categories and um, be efficient and fair about it. So if that is the case, please uh, leave a like and, and share this video also um, or this this episode if you're listening uh, listening to it on a, a podcasting platform. Obviously, I would be happy about your comments and emails and feedback in general. And finally, I hope that you like this episode. Until next time, I enjoyed it very much and uh, take care and bye.